This is a Think Live Be production. So we were chatting about, you know, what, how to be successful in this business and blah, blah, blah. What and I don't think that's what we were talking about. I don't think that's what we were talking about either. <laughs> but anyways, we came up, accidentally, we came up with what we think are the key principles to be successful mm-hmm. in real estate. And we're going to share it's those like with what, you today. Louis Pasteur, who invented penicillin by accident. Are you comparing us to the guy that invented yep. penicillin? Yep. <laughs> okay, well, it's not that good. No. Um, but we just, we were, yeah, we were talking about... Um, the things that we've talked about on this show since we started. And, yeah, there's and some kind things of the, that show up over and over again. Yeah, that, that always keep coming up. And they're, they, they kind of sound like little catchphrases or buzzy kind of things. But when you put them in order and put them all together, it kind of puts everything... Um, in perspective of like exactly what needs what what things need to be overcome in order to uh, in order to uh, uh, be successful. Yes, um, and maybe we were talking about I I you know this weekend was an emotional one. <laughs> uh, making offers for buyers these days is just like torture. It's torture. And sadness and madness all mixed into a bowl. It's insanity. And maybe one day I'll share the story of um, what craziness ensued this weekend. But I'll just say that, you know, agents are terrible. (laughs) Agents are terrible. And everything would be better in real estate if... It was just a few people doing all the business. Oh, wait, it is. It is. (laughs) Um, Top 20. Well, to a certain degree, that is true. You know, they always say that the top or like 80% of the business is done by 20% of the people. Mm -hmm. I think we, didn't we say in Central Florida, didn't you find a stat somewhere that it was actually 90% of the business was done by 10% of the agents? I think so. Yeah. I mean, don't fact check us on that. I thought I... Found that somewhere. I think it was last year. But it's kind of that Pareto principle thing. And even that, just because it's ten percent, doesn't mean that those ten percent are good. Well, it just means that's like that's I the mean, thing. Yeah, that's the thing is, and you'll find through the core principles that we're going to talk about, none of it has to do with being good at sales right. or writing offers, negotiating contracts, or any of that stuff. And so, really, anybody can be successful in this business. Um, don't be like you know. Don't don't be like the person I had to deal with this weekend. Don't though. be a poo poo platter. You know, I think the biggest thing is um, communication with agents right now is the biggest like that stems problem. to all the frustration because like you're waiting to hear anything at all, even if it's I'm talking to the seller soon. Oh, is that, or, what, you mean? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah like communication, like, like something speed of communication. Is that what not, you mean? Not or? speed. Although I will say, um, this was actually a couple weeks ago. Just, just to kind of give you, if you're newer to the business, this is the consumer perspective on things. I literally made an offer for someone, probably by the time they signed it, it was probably six or seven o'clock on Friday. And wow. then and then the the next morning, um, probably at 9 30, 10 o'clock, the buyer texted me and was like, Have we heard back yet? Is it weird that they haven't responded yet? Right. 
from like, on, a is it weird? On, on a Friday. What do you think the people are doing? Between 7 p.m. and 9 a.m. This That was a couple of weeks back. ago, yeah. though. Um, That's that, that goes to show, like, the... What, People are so used to that instantaneous gratification, instantaneous answers, instantaneous information, instantaneous everything that it's like, what do you mean? It's been 12 hours. And and you always want, like, I want to just respond and be like, it's been like an hour. Calm down, crazy. (laughs) Um, But instead, I tactfully say, well, you know, they need time to remove. And, And not just that, but it's like, I know you. And look, if... I got the phone call. I would have called you. Well, yeah. What are you calling me for? I don't. I don't delay. Not, it's like unless oh, I'm as a, in... of, as a matter of fact, they did call me about two hours ago. Like, I mean, what? What? It's almost insulting. Well, so, the, but that's what consumers are expecting. So you, we, we, we said this. I think. A few, ugh, I think a few weeks ago. Like, no wonder more and more people are doing business with like these big corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, or just selling the house to open door or something yeah that's what i mean like there's no wonder because they are promised a simpler experience yeah and so when i as an agent you know don't get feedback or communication for like a full day and a half it's no wonder that um there's no wonder (laughs) sorry our dog is just chewing up i think like a piece of foam he just swallowed i don't don't know sorry it's a puppy so he eats everything on the floor um (laughs) But if I, you know, even as an agent, I'm the professional, I'm supposed to be in direct communication with the other agent, they're supposed Mm -hmm. to respond to me. And then I can't get that person to give me anything to even respond to an email, a text message, a phone call for a good 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Then that starts to feel like, well, why do I, right. Either either they start to think that it's your fault or they just feel like, like, this isn't right. Yeah. Especially, this isn't how things are supposed to work, right? Because we're so used to this, um, yeah. you know, instant gratification from everything else. Yeah. And it's so, so even if you set the expectation, we talk about expectation setting all the time too. Um, you can set those expectations, but people get excited. Or it's worse. You set the expectations and you're very attentive and it's attentive, 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 attentive. And then all of a sudden you get an offer in on the third house and uh, the other agent isn't. So what they're seeing is you being attentive, 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 and then all of a sudden you're not calling them back. Well, that could be, yeah. Right? Like, and, and I'm, Although, not saying, I'm not saying you're not calling them and saying, you know, hey, this is, uh, we haven't heard back yet or anything. But it's like when you get that, when you get used to that, and then all of a sudden it's, you're not, you're, you're not getting that information as quickly as you've been getting information up until that point. Well, you've got to put the blame on somebody and they only know you. Well, and that, that's why... I, I try to make it a point to, even if there's not an update, like to at least right. send a non-update. Sure, update. no, I get, I get that. <laughs> but people, the people start to doubt everything. They're they don't understand. Like, well, why haven't we, yeah. you know, this or that or that? Or I could imagine, like, when you have when they say, I'm sure this happens when it's give us, you know, put give us your highest and best. We'll be deciding on Tuesday at noon, and then Tuesday night rolls around and you haven't heard back yet. Yeah. Or something like that. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I've called. They just aren't. Ret- that other agent just isn't calling back. Well, so, OK, I'm going to do the intro to this podcast. Darn it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, but because it ties into what I was about to say is uh, we always try every single time something changes. This market 
and, and I don't mean the current one. I mean the real estate market, like it's ever changing. So the way I did business 10 years ago is completely different than today. And Still so- just in a different way. <laughs> right. So we're always looking for ways to improve that communication process. So, and and I think we've said this before. So when multiple offers started becoming a thing, we started doing highest and best. And first, Kayla, we would do it where we would put highest and best deadline at 5 p.m. or whatever. And then... Um, and, 5 p.m. on a Sunday. And then what would happen? People would want to know the answer right at 5 p.m. Well, if the deadline just happened, it takes at least an hour to compile all of that stuff, at least, you know, for the number of offers we're getting. And and then you've got to talk to the person. And then inevitably they're like, man, I need to think about Let this. Let me sleep. <laughs> it's like, what? There's only one good one. No, I mean, they're all are all good. It's, it's hard sometimes to decipher which one's the best one. So I understand they want to really like get in there and figure it out. And they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. So what did we do? We continued to tweak and seek the best process for each thing. So we changed it to where, okay, we're not going to set highest and best deadlines on the weekend unless we have to. I know we did one recently, but that was because it was Easter. It was right before Easter. Yeah. Um, not set them on the weekends, not set them for the at nighttime, because then that means that we're on the phone till 7, 8 p.m. And um, and then also setting when expectations. When you say nighttime, you, don't, you mean we don't say 5 o'clock. Yeah, we do like three of the latest. Yeah. Okay. And even that is probably because too late. You're, yeah, <laughs> that, that way you're prepping yourself to make sure that you're not working at seven o'clock at night. Right. And so, and this is part of time management and keeping a business running. And so, but we are constantly looking for the best process or best system for things. So, and then when we get feedback, let's call it, it's a feedback loop of where agents start calling at five wanting an answer. Well, then we realize we can't just set the highest and best deadline. We have to also tell the agents that this is when the offers do. We'll get you a response by this time. Mm-hmm. Buffering in enough time to actually prepare and talk and to setting, the seller. Setting their expectations. Setting their expectations too. Us. But that's that's what this whole podcast is about. It's just how we operate. And we're constantly seeking the best in ourselves <laughs> and as personal uh, wait, no, I messed it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, we started this podcast because that's just what we're always looking to do. And it's called Seeking the Best. And we try to seek out the best in ourselves. <laughs> and, sorry, I can't stop laughing now. Um, and? and we try to overcome the personal hurdles being in this crazy industry, personal and professional. And I'm Catherine Stelgis. And across from me is Kayla Boundy. Hi. And we've got our um, sound engineer, producer extraordinaire. Dog wrangler. Dog wrangler. <laughs> Patrick Vitica. And um, <laughs> photographer, graphic designer. Yeah. He does it all for us. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, but Pat and I were talking and we have decided that we've come up with the top If we were going to write, if we write a book, these would be the chapter titles. Yes. There's five of them. So just start with the first one. We'll communication one. Um, it's not in here. Okay. You'll see. You'll Interesting. see. Interesting. Yeah, you'll see who kind of what we did here. I think communication is super important in this all, business. Yeah. But this yeah. is not the end all be all, and most stuff can fall into this category, into each one of these categories loosely yeah. and stuff. So. Well, you we can break it down. Yeah. Well, we'll read the first one, and then and we'll talk about that, and then we'll go into the next and the next. Okay. Don't give them all five right off the top. I wasn't going to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Make them wait. You gotta make you gotta them make wait. wait for it. <laughs> um. Okay, the first one we have on here is to treat it like a business. Right. One of the main things that I did back way back when, 
when was that? <laughs> when you actually started to do that for real? Yeah. It was probably three years in. Three years in the business? Yeah. Because we were working at the bar still. You had done, like, tried to partner up with somebody else for a while. No, nope, that wasn't three years in. No, I know that. But the first year was with a different broker. It was, it was, it was, I would say you really kind of started once you decided to hire somebody and okay, realized you were responsible. Okay. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, well, three years in and all that you just described are all at different times. But so oh, here's, yeah. here's what I'll say. What happened was we lived in a small little place and my computer was in our bedroom and that was where I did everything. And it, one bedroom, a one bedroom place. And, um, there wasn't enough space to do anything. And we were, we were still working at the bar and I was working like multiple nights a week. And then we moved two years later, mm. we moved to, um, a house. We moved into a single family home, two bedroom. House. Actually it was, it was three years. Three years later, two and a half. We moved. <laughs> Semantics. We moved into a single family home that had two bedrooms with the sole purpose of making the second bedroom an office. Mm-hmm. And we said um, that we were going to, um, that we made a, a little pact. We were like, we're not going to quit working at the bar yet. We're going to. Oh, that's right. It was more rent. It was like double the rent. It was twice as much, yeah. We were going to move into that place so that we had a home office and that we could work and like turn off when we were done for the day. And that single decision probably changed the trajectory of the business. Now, when did I really start treating it like full business, like nine to five? Yeah, it's not nine to five, after, but you know what I mean? After we bought a house. After we bought a house, because then. We bought a house with a guest house mm-hmm. and set up a, um, a a specific office space there. And I hired somebody right. who would come to that office space as my assistant. Right. So it's it is like it's two two different steps in our our life. But what when we bought the house, we also said, "Okay, we're not going to quit the bar yet. Right. We can only we can either buy this house or quit the bar, but we can't do both. And so we're going to um we're going to buy this house so that we can keep moving this business forward." And, and then we were able to quit though within like six months of that. Yeah. We quit in about six months after that. And so just, um, what I kind of, I did not think of this before we started talking, but I think now I'm realizing like, um, that's about your environment and like having an environment of productivity mm-hmm. that could be on the list too. Well, but that is part of treating it like a business. Yes, it's like making exactly, sure that you have an I'm, actual office space and that you're showing up to the office space and that you're working and you're I mean. doing the All job. All this stuff will fall into the one of these categories. And I think, and that was the other thing too, is these aren't in some random order. This is the order. Like until you do that first thing is say, and when we say treat it like a business, but well, at least what I mean, think of when we say that is um emotionally and in your head like you have to come to terms that this isn't a side hustle that it isn't um something that you do when you have time or any of those things or until until you get the next thing like it's 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 like you have to and once you do that in your own mind then you can take the next step whatever the next step is. But the first thing you have to be able to do is come to terms with, this is going to be a business. I'm going to run it like a business and I'm going to look at it as a business instead of, well, I guess maybe I'll make some calls today and all the things that go along with that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think I literally had that thought um, at some point, and I probably said it out loud when we yes. talked about it, yes. but of like, well, I'm not going to quit this thing. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not stopping right. this so career. What, right. So what are we doing here? So maybe I should instead yeah. go full force into Which it. Which is the same thing, right? You start, you become an agent, you figure it out, maybe the, a year, you give yourself a year or whatever. And then it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. Or you get, you get out. Right. But if you're going to make the decision, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is, I'm going to do this. Then you have to come to terms with and flip the switch in your head that says, this is a business and I'm going to treat it as such. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's step. That's number one. Number one, go to the office every day. Make sure you have one. Whatever that looks like doesn't matter really. But I do think that you know the environment the environment matters but it doesn't have to be you're going to physical brokerage office right but the environment has to be a productive and, and environment your schedule and like what like time blocking all well, of those that's things. the next one that's the next one oh, it was yeah. what was the next one the next one is Kayla's favorite thing to talk about time management <laughs> um time blocking time scheduling living in your calendar time blocking Sticking to your time blocks. Time block, time batch. The day that we actually do that. Hey, by the way, I have had an amazing day. I do job good. <laughs> I, I've i had an amazing day. I stuck to my time blocks all day. I stuck to them on Friday. Like, I'm rocking and rolling. Well, <laughs> this is the same as the first one in the same sort of way, which is understanding that in order to be successful and to not and to be successful in life and be successful in your career, you have to understand what time blocks are, create the time blocks, and then do your best to follow them. Like you just said, like nobody's perfect. We still can't follow them 100% of the time. That's true. And that's why you're seeking your best, right? Is to do, is to do that and to be, but understanding that the only way to do this is with time blocks will be the second thing that happens in your career where you can take the next step. Once you're like, come to terms with this is the only way that this is going to work. You know what? This isn't on the list, but I think it could be like be a student, you know, like always be learning because the only reason that um, that I know what time blocks are and that I care about that and realize the importance of it is just by reading books and going mm-hmm. to training classes. Mm-hmm. And if I, I didn't go and do all of those things, then I would just be flailing about as many agents do. Yeah where their day revolves around whatever happens. Mm-hmm. And I know I've I know I have been like that in the past um before I started treating it like a business. And that it still gets in your way because it's a habit that you have to build to yeah. to to plan for it every single week. And it's always changing. Like like your time blocks, what your time blocks are today are not the same as they were even a year ago, certainly not five years ago, because the job changes and things evolve and stuff, and it's a growing, living thing. So having that happen, getting that, getting to do that, like having that, that uh, those time blocks shift is, is something that's always going to happen, and you'll always be uh, trying to do it better trying to stick with them better, all of that stuff. I think, and Kayla, I think this, you would agree, and it's fair to say that that is, like, that's one of the struggles um, in growing. Yes. Like, you you just have to readapt each time, and the frustrations in the beginning of not learning how to readapt 
puts you back even farther than not following your time blocks. Well, so like when when you first started, your role was different. And the same thing, your you, what Pat was just saying, like your your job changes and it doesn't have to. Let's say you're a single agent and you plan on being a single agent for the rest of your life. Then you can create a schedule and you could stick to it and you could just do those things over and over and over again. But for most people, um, they envision something else beyond just the same exact right. job over time, right? And so in order to grow, there's going to be times where your your schedule is going to change and figuring out then what that needs to be to then meet the new mm-hmm. obligations is where the struggle is. And that struggle will happen forever because yeah. the job Well, that's what you have to realize is that, and and I think Kayla was trying to say that is, um, you have to uh, you have to be able to adapt, mm-hmm. and you have to know that is part of it, and do it probably once a year. Like probably once a year, your schedule has to change, yep. and then that takes time to rebuild the habit of sticking to the new time blocks because there's things that are still sort of overlapping, maybe, and trying to pull you in and that kind of thing. Yeah. So you just have to give yourself some like leeway. Mm-hmm. to re to figure it out every year and to to get on track but then once you once you build the habit then it should just be like consistent 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 until your role changes again well, and the more you do it you know you sit down on your first first day i'm sure kayla too it's like you sit down and you and you write uh okay this is what i need to do and you write out your time blocks and you're like oh that didn't take nearly as long as i thought it was going to oh it's always or, the opposite that's what I, that was the next thing i was going to say or oh this takes twice as long as i thought it was going to so it's it's a okay well now we need to adjust and adapt and adjust so it's not even just uh the job changes and so your time block changes it's a constant tweaking and and manipulating to get it as perfect as you can. And then as soon as you do get it perfect, the job will change and you'll have to throw it all out and start over again. But the goal here is to, once again, the first thing is to um, treat it like a business and come to terms with that in your head. The second thing after you've done that is to understand what time blocking is, create it in your own business, and then try to follow it as best you can and realize have another realization realization number two that in order to be successful time blocking is necessary yeah yeah i 100 percent agree um i was gonna say something and i totally lost my train of thought when you want to take a break it was about kayla <laughs> and i forgot so yeah let's take a all break. right let's take a break <laughs> The Think Live B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Um, I was what I was trying to think of was um, when Kayla was first starting. Well, it wasn't when you first started. Um, when you first started, we did some of the like scoring your week stuff. Yeah, I think it was when we started to either think about hiring or maybe hired that first Second admin too. Admin, yeah. yeah. So knowing that like Kayla knew the role of let's say a transaction coordinator she had been the transaction coordinator for a while so she was able to actually 
time herself doing certain activities Mm -hmm. so that then we knew what to when the next person came on what should they be working towards oh correct yeah so once we have a baseline like when you first start you have no idea how long anything is going to take and so when the it you could time block all day long and you're going to get it wrong. Right. That's They're okay. Just arbitrary numbers at that point. Yeah. But you could also, you could follow somebody else's like schedule that, that you know, you can go out there and find some mm-hmm. agent's perfect schedule and try to mimic that. And you won't get it right because it will take you longer to do, but at least you have something to work towards. Mm-hmm. And then same thing. So as you start to um, hire other people, whoever was doing it before, you can, you can do that. Like I know that it doesn't take any more than 10 minutes to write an offer. Yeah. And and for any new agents um, that think it takes longer, it doesn't. You just have to keep <laughs> practicing. And it gives you smart goals, like the scalable side of things. Like if you're doing contracts for 30 minutes, you know you have something to work towards. Yeah. I want a goal of 10 minutes. So. Yeah. Well, and, and I feel like if we didn't tell people that, you know, it's the whole... Um, what is it like time will fill the space allowed or whatever. I don't know if I'm saying it right, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have something to work towards because how would you know, Mm. unless you're joining a team and they're telling you, but if we didn't tell people, here's what you need to work towards, we would just be setting them up for the same exact, you know, issues that I had as a single agent. That's the whole point of like building a template and saying, here's the metrics for success in this role. (laughs) Um, so no, knowing time blocks, study them, learn them, live them, live them, try again, think, live, think them, live them, be them, <laughs> just and 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 just know that you even after almost I'm going on 16 years, um, like you're not gonna always get it perfect. No, but as Pat says, what do you say? It's not supposed to be perfect. Eighty percent. Well, you're saying like the you're basically saying like the. Pareto rule too. I don't know what that is. Okay, well it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just know what makes sense. This is fatiga. But the idea is that yeah, you're not going to be perfect all the yeah. time. There's no so there's no there's no fix that's going to fix anything 100% of the time. You're just trying to get a fix that fixes it 80% of the time. Well, and no and things are going to fall through the cracks. Things are going to this well what about this situation and what about this situation? And it's like there's going to at the end of the day if you're whatever your system or whatever is covers 80% of it there's a small percentage that you might have to do manually. You know, there's like a saying that people, people will be like, I was just putting out a fire. <laughs> and Pat yeah, hates it. I hate that. <laughs> I think um, starting a fire would be harder than putting out a fire. <laughs> well, that's the, the thing is like, what really are they? Like, even again, even like recently, I can think of an event where it's like, was it really a fire that needed to be put out? No, because there aren't really any fires in real estate. Unless the house is literally on fire and that doesn't ever happen. Or if it is, it's very rare. Um, I know, knock on wood. Um, So just... It's just hyperbolic. I hate that hyperbolic kind of talk (laughs) where it's just like, it's like, just do it. Just do your job. Just do it. But people do that because it sounds important. Yeah, I know. That's what I don't like about it. Oh, it's just putting out a bunch of fires today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're a firefighter now, eh? (laughs) Oh, Kayla. Uh, this is totally off topic. We're going to go down a rabbit hole. I don't have it set up. Oh, so. no. Okay. It's uh, Mr. Rabbit. The other day, go. Kayla was, um, our, our transaction coordinator was out of town. Oh, my gosh. And Kayla had to step back into that role. And um, she's. 
angry. <laughs> she, she was getting feisty, which sometimes in that transaction world, sometimes you have to be a little bit stern. I wouldn't call it feisty. But right. but right. what did you tell someone? <laughs> I said, this is a ridiculous game of hot potato. <laughs> because people were just tossing things back oh, to right. each other. Back and so, forth. I'm yeah. like, just get what you're Without supposed to get done, done. Yeah, no one can do their job. Oh Everyone's my God. Pass it along. And I can't do anything and, until they're done. Well, that's good. That feistiness, that, that's that kind of thing where it's like, where you're kind of been doing other things and then it's it's not a step back if it's a sidestep but it is a step back at the same time it's like we hired somebody to do that job so that you didn't have to do it anymore so to step into that role and do it and it's like i know how i know what i'm doing i know how to do this and then it's like i'm not putting up with anybody's crap <laughs> kind of a thing that maybe if you when you were doing the role yeah. like every day maybe didn't have that kind of a yeah, well, and thing. also just confidence of another yeah, that's another true. year. Yeah, and the confidence and all that stuff. So that's that's actually kind of fun. I just thought that was the funniest way to tell somebody to yeah. do their job. Stop I feel like a lot of people me. say it. They just don't say it directly to the people doing it. And yeah. sometimes they just need to hear it. <laughs> um, okay, so number three, um, we talk about all the time, but it bears repeating, is don't be attached to the outcome. Right, so let's stop for a second. Oh, so no. okay. number first one. Yeah. Treat it like a business. Uh-huh. I've come to terms with that. Yeah. So now what do I do? Step two. Figure time out what time blocks are. Yeah. Time management. Okay. Real estate is so about now, keeping a schedule. So now I've got, I've got, I can keep my schedule. I'm treating this like a business. I'm starting to get clients. I'm talking to clients. I'm, I'm doing all of this. Don't be attached to the outcome. Another switch that has to go off in your head for you to right that's, so i guess that's kind of what all five of these are little switches that need to go off the don't be attached to the outcome it means a lot of things but the the most important thing i think it means to me is that i don't be attached to one particular sale happening mm-hmm. um go out if you if you keep yourself busy doing lead generation and lead follow up then it won't which is which time is time blocking, blocking. <laughs> which we've already learned, right? We've you. gotten that. So now, <laughs> um, then it doesn't matter if something falls through. Not that you're not going to try your hardest, or be upset, or be upset. Yeah, and um, I I've heard this in other places, so I decided to implement it recently, and then I didn't uh, this weekend didn't hold to it myself at home because I forgot about it, but. The whole idea of like you're allowed to give yourself a minute or two to be upset about something and then you're supposed to move on. Count to five. Um, Jack. But I didn't do that this weekend because I was upset for multiple reasons. Um, <laughs> it wasn't just I was not attached to the offer itself. Mm. I was attached to um, just the experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. And so I let that bother me for too so long. Here you go. 16 years Still seeking her best, and still, still crying still, in a corner. Still, no, I'm just no, kidding. That's <laughs> not true. But still, you know, it's an ongoing process, right? I wonder if you go to like, like a doctor's conference or a dentist conference. Um, are they talking about? Uh, yeah, they have to tell people that they've got cancer and stuff. I, I mean, know that, that that stuff's gotta like bother oh my gosh, people. It's got like, to, there's right? no way. I don't care. But how I just good feel like they don't. Well, look. Here's the deal, right? Is like, does every single one? Probably not, because you start to, as in any profession, build a callus. But do what? Do certain patients, certain things, certain scenarios bleed through? Yeah, like yeah. there's going to be certain ones. Just like with you this past weekend, you've done 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals, or I'm sorry, we've had clients where hundreds of deals have, they went with another offer or they did this or they did that. Oh, that from, many. from the beginning of your career to now? No. Okay, well. Not my, hundreds. Well, okay, my point being. It's is, only a recent issue. My point, okay, well, I'm using that as an example of all the different other things where we say don't be tied to the outcome that go along with that. And very rarely does one sneak by you to where you get upset. Yeah. Right. So, so the, I would assume that as a doctor, um, it would be the same. Most of the, most of the things they can deal with, they deal with on a daily basis and it's fine. But every once in a while, something sneaks through. Yeah. That's all. I just meant like, I don't know. I feel like we, in this business, we talk a lot about emotions and stress. And I just wonder if other businesses yeah. and their, um, podcasts i assume there's doctor podcasts out there uh, probably yeah, there's a podcast probably. for everything <laughs> um but i mean it's just it's just part of the business like you're dealing with so many different people that emotions are are bound to exist um so you really have to get in that mind space and 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 as pat said it can't come without the other part first because if you are not time blocking and you're not treating it like a business you probably only have one deal and so if that falls through it's devastating yeah you because can't you can't get to the point where you can't where you can't be tied to the outcome. And you could feel like you've been working on deal to deal. You feel like you've been working on that deal. I've been working with them for three months. I can't. I need that check. Yeah. Like that kind of feeling. So so it all you have to do the other stuff first and then you can build this mindset of where it doesn't matter. Like next is like how, you know, next onward, like moving on. Yeah. Um. And it, that and this one is. There, every single one of these things is very emotional, and um, well, I said none of it is about writing offers right. or negotiating contracts all, or yeah. anything like that. the The way to to um, to get through the day <laughs> and succeed is is really, I mean, it really comes down to these core things. That's why we're talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anything else on don't be attached to the outcome? Well, I think we've got we've got a couple episodes and I'm sure we'll we'll come back to it at some other point and stuff. But it is. Oh, it, you know what? I'll say I'll say one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, it, it applies to everything. It's not just the, the deals. Like if a deal falls through, um, that can be devastating. And if if you're trying to hire people and you get really excited about a prospect that you want to hire and they go <laughs> join another team moving on like you you just have to keep working towards the plan yeah and don't worry about all that stuff um you give yourself a minute or two and then move on yeah don't be don't worry that you broke down on the side of the road and you were gonna miss a listing appointment you got, got an executive assistant on her way with gas i uh last year I, i'm sure i talked about this on the podcast it showed up in my facebook memories though the other day that I was on my way to a listing appointment and I broke down on the side of the road and had run out of gas. And so Kayla had to come give me gas. I was so mad at you for running out of gas. <laughs> and then I proceeded to um, rebook the appointment. They were very gracious and understanding. And I was like literally at their exit too, which which stunk. Uh, but I rebooked it for the next day and then I went out to and I took that listing, even though I also then proceeded to run into a glass door yeah, that was right. very clear very, very clean very clean door that you smacked your face into i sound like an idiot right now but the point is is that 15, i 15 years 
That was the first time I've ever done anything so stupid. But I could have let that totally deflate me. In fact, I think somebody else might have just started crying and walked out the front door. Yeah. And instead, I laughed out loud, and we laughed, and then we laughed together. And then I never lived it down. Those people made fun of me every time they saw me <laughs> about that. And be careful. They were telling you to be careful all the time. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you could. I could have let that break down the side of the road, you know, get me down. And instead, I just was like, "Well, th- life happens, and I've got to just get on the phone and deal with it." Yeah. And you don't know, you know, this type of the outcome. It's like you don't know, like these other people that you're going in for a buyer consultation, they don't show up or uh, going in for a listing appointment and the people they go, they, they, you thought they liked you a whole bunch and then they, they go with somebody else. And it's like, and it's uh, for, you know, it's like you don't have any control over any of those things. They could have went with the other person because they liked, they went to the same high school or they're the same religion or the, the price was going to, they were going to do it for less money. There's, or less, less of a commission. It's like, there's so many variables and so much stuff. All you have, all you can do is say to yourself, I've done this to the best of my ability, the way that I do this. And they can either get on board or not but I'm just going to keep moving forward and keep doing what I need to do. And it's like, that's really easy to say and really hard to do. Well, cause it's rejection. But, yeah. Because it's rejection, but that is what you have to come to terms with in order to get to number four. Well, and before I say number four, I will say, um, there are agents out there who make a living off of strictly expireds and for sale by owners. And those people, uh, the, they, they, are robots they can take and, it. They're, they're, they're they're masochists yeah but they obviously have the mindset that they do not care what yeah. the end result of that phone call will be they don't know me they are basing this strictly i, I need to yeah. call 40 people to yeah. set one appointment i mean that or whatever that, that the number is what are. it is it's like oh this guy hung up on me he just said don't ever call i'm not gonna call you again i don't care next time don't do this it's like oh there's not gonna be a next time so it doesn't matter it's like they don't know who i am i'm just some random person on the phone if they hang up on me who cares yeah like, except but in the moment like i, I can it. say from personal experience mm-hmm. that sometimes it just feels like such a personal attack mm-hmm. and you're like i was being so nice how dare they <laughs> um but you get over that and that 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 if that if your natural personality per, or personality type isn't to be that way then it is a mindset shift that you'll have to practice mm-hmm. and remember and remind yourself constantly um and then and then it gets easier than when people are mad at me I'm just like okay, just sit whatever. there in silence and wait let them tire themselves I'm out. also I've also learned how to be really nice on the phone so me too. I'm like you never you never guess that listening to me on this. But <laughs> I'm so I'm beyond pleasant on the phone <laughs> with people. I called this guy the other day that um, now he was a lead from a source where it's like he inquired, but I mean that's that's most of the leads that I'm calling. They inquired to us somehow. Not they're not cold calls or anything, but some time had passed. And when I find when a lot of time has passed, people forget that they did that, and so it, it's as cold as it. Like as if they didn't mm-hmm. at all, um, and I was just so pleasant. And, and I was just like, "Hi, you. <laughs> you inquired about your home value, and last time we spoke, you were going to be retiring and moving out to what whatever." And I was just wondering how things are going. And uh, I didn't say it exactly like that, but um, I just 
I think the only reason that he was so friendly back was because I was really nice because he was still very short and he's like, no, we're not going to do anything. But then I got him to warm up to me and he told me about their plans. Now they're not an immediate lead, but they'll eventually sell their house based on what information I was able to sucker out of him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. I, I got off track. Um, okay. Number four. And this, I put in an email this weekend to my team because it was on my mind. There's a book and this is a, there's a quote, um, that goes along with this. Let me, let me read the quote actually, because the quote is better than just the book thing. Right. Don't you think? Did you see, did you read my email? Yeah. Are you looking at me? Yeah. What do you think I brought and came up when I said it this morning? So I said this. This oh is, yeah. This is how we started. Oh, this was how we started this conversation. Um, so the the quote is don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. John D. Rockefeller. Um Rockefeller. And then there's a book that that's similar to that where it's called Good is the Enemy of Great. And I think that not only do I feel like I have experienced this before, but I also think that it's an ongoing thing that you have to remind yourself exists mm-hmm. where you can get to a point where, so what, like we said, it's kind of a process, right? So you start treating things like a business and then you're time blocking and you're doing your activities that you're supposed to do. And then you get, you start getting appointments and clients And you set the mindset that I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. And then you start to make money. Mm -hmm. Like sales start to happen. And it can be really easy to get to a point where you're like, hey, this is pretty good. And it's not like a conscious thing. No, it's it's that... You know, you've you've you know you've got two checks coming this next week, and uh, you called that one lead back, but they didn't answer, and it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to call them back. Super simple thing that you, you just kind of let slide, but death by a thousand cuts, right? <laughs> so it's like that's all this, and then all of a sudden it's like you're comfortable, and it's okay, and it's like I made you know decent money, and I can pay my mortgage, and I bought a new car last year, and uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. And there you go. Right. Yeah. So that one, I think I, I've just been thinking about it a lot lately for myself, because again, I'm, I'm not, I, I think I go through waves of where that might be like a subconscious thing where it's not that I'm not trying to work towards the the bigger picture, but that there's just like things are good. Well, a, great, uh, a good example of this is when we talk, we've said before, like, um, people who have a second job or they have a real a, a job and then they say, I'm going to do real estate too, right? So they come and they and they start doing real estate and it's like, oh, I did three sales or whatever. It's like, unless, what did I say this morning? Cortez, right? Wasn't it Cortez? Oh, yeah. Cortez, when he brought his ships to South America, when they all landed on the coast, he burned the ships. So nobody could turn around and go back because we're done. We're moving forward, right? So this is that same sort of thing of settling in this in this um, where everything is okay, you know, and you have to be able to keep moving forward and growing bigger and 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 striving for great because it's real easy to just kind of settle in your old ways and then all of a sudden t- six years go by. Like we probably stayed at that bar a year longer than we should have because we were doing pretty good. You were real estate was doing pretty good. I was doing pretty good. We were making good money at the bar. 
And it's like, and we could have just done that and been, and been okay. But at some point we burned our boat, which was we're leaving this bar and we're doing it together. And then there's no other choice. I also like to say like I kicked the crutch out, yeah, you know, because that was at that time, that was a crutch. Mm-hmm. Like I knew how much it was consistent. I knew how much that we would make and I knew yep. that we could pay all of our bills and be good. Mm-hmm. And then so the real estate business was extra. I mean, that's that's not how I thought of it. You know, I was treating it like a business at that time, but like it was to a certain degree, or I should yeah. say the bar was extra or yeah, whatever. The bar was extra. But like I knew that we consistently would be fine. Mm-hmm. And in fact, good at that time. Mm-hmm. Like when we actually left, like we had just bought our first house and like we were doing well. Um, and we could have just settled right into that spot, mm-hmm. hire first admin, like I'm going to just be right here. Um, but I wouldn't have been happy with that long term yeah and but But, you can easily get into those places where everything is good and it is a struggle because like like you had a couple admins before Kayla and then Kayla came in and and but what was the plan when you when she hired you what did she say she I'm sure she said something to the effect of we're growing a team right yeah I think so and and but it took a while because it kind of settled. Well, let's get this admin up and running. I was and rebuilding. Then, what you're what? I was rebuilding. Rebuilding. I've done that several times. Yeah, and 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 trying to get you know, there's been plenty of times in the last 15 years of of the ThinkLib B team where there was a lot where there was plateauing instead of growing. Well, you know what else? Let me say. I guess so, that's my point. So, um, well, that's there's a couple things that couple of thoughts that come to mind kayla's getting into her blue raspberry mean? jolly <laughs> ranchers don't, don't, don't suck those things in the microphone <laughs> you won't even notice um so there a couple things come to mind with this conversation the plateau thing that's like that can happen to anyone where you get to a point where you can't figure out how to get to the next level like you can't figure out how to break through that ceiling and you're plateaued and then you have to either there's then you need something like Mm -hmm. if you're driving for something else you either need people um, systems tools you need something different to take it to the next level if you're plateaued that has definitely happened and still happens and that's part of the business cycle um the good is the enemy of great thing i think is more psychological yeah where where it's just something that you can just become complacent and um, everybody can, yeah. everybody on 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 the team, and, oh, remember, sure. and not that I was like pointing to everybody, like you guys, <laughs> yes. we're not being great. But do I think that we all have better potential than we live every day? Yeah, yeah. including myself. Yeah, I think we can be way. I there are times where it's even like, wow, we're not just good, we're better than good. And that still can be the enemy of being your absolute best yeah. and like really truly living your potential. Yeah. Especially so. depending on how you're looking at it. Good compared to what? Great compared to, to compared to what uh, what other people are doing. Great compared to what you did last year. Great compared to what you thought you were going to do. You know, there's a bunch of different variables of how you look at that at each one of those situations and stuff. And it is it is that thing of like if you're not trying to in this particular business, it's not widgets. So I always bring that up like this assembly line kind of a job where you go in and you're supposed to hit a quota of, of things that you put together on the assembly line a day. 
And that's your job. And that's what you do. Kayla's job is not that. Mm-mm. Kayla's job is a constantly growing job. And even if Kayla says, well, I got everything done today. She didn't get everything done because there's a bunch of stuff that we want to implement that haven't been implemented yet. So and when the buyer's agent says, well, I did pretty good. I got two, buy, two appointments this week. That's what was my goal and stuff. But what other things didn't you do that you were that you wanted to do or wanted to implement? And until you can grow your team, your admins, you're uh, getting yourself um, uh, uh, an assistant for your own thing. If you're a single agent or whatever it is, you will. The whole point, of, I, I do think, is is a mindset of growth. It's growth. And then while you were talking, I was thinking about it's growth, but it's also like efficiency. Um, hmm. And when so when I think about like, am I doing my absolute best? Like I said, today's a great day. I have done everything I said I was going to do. <laughs> and I'm doing really great. Um, and But that's not every single day. And so how can I make myself more efficient on a daily basis instead of just on whims? You know what I mean? Yeah. That is putting that's, myself into my best position, my best yeah. potential, being great instead that's of- That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Making it so that it's part of your daily thing and not a whim. Yeah. And that's not to say I'm not lazy or no. like sitting around doing nothing, but are we allowing things to take longer or or distract us things that shouldn't, you know, they talk about in productivity and efficiency like there's probably a lot of stuff that just doesn't even need to happen or it needs to happen differently so that it's quicker or mm-hmm. whatever. Those are the kinds of things where you look for those ways to be your best. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, efficiency. Like you, like we, what you said before, like cutting fifteen minutes out of a buyer consultation. Like that's these, what I did. Yeah, I know. You know, and I I mentioned this in um one of the podcasts in the past. We've done a lot now, <laughs> and because I went to a class about time and money, and they said take all of your appointments and divide them in half and see if it matters. And so I did. I went back and I did that. And um, did and, it matter? Some of it did, some of it didn't. But anyways, we cut the the buyer consultation. I used to, I mean, I'd be in a consultation for like Too an hour long. and a half. No, yeah, and like I remember plenty of times where you'd have one at the end of the day because they couldn't go into work, and you'd be in the office, and it's like, okay, I'll be home at I'll be home at six thirty for dinner, and six thirty would go, and seven o'clock would go. It would be seven thirty, and you'd be, would be like, I would be like, dinner's ready. Where are you? You said you'd be home. Dinner is ready. It is cold now. And stuff to the point where I had stopped making dinner until I got the text message that I'm driving home now. But that's just smart. That's just smart way to do things. (laughs) No, but I guess that's my point is that is that that would never happen today because you figured out how to shave that time off. Yeah. So now buyer consultations are 45 minutes. Um, Listing consultations are scheduled to be 45. I'm still tweaking that one. However, the last one I did was like 30 you rushed out of that one. She said, but you didn't make it seem like you're rushed. She said, "I've heard enough. Get get out of my house." <laughs> and then she kidding. signed the papers. I, t- I took. The- she said, "I've heard enough. Let's sign." <laughs> but it's funnier if I. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so but uh, that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't focused on 
learning and figuring out how to do better. And we did. We shaved off a lot of time on things. And then I did try it with um with one-on-ones. I tried to do 15-minute ones. You mean one-on-ones with your with team with your members? Team. And I found that that doesn't work. No. <laughs> um, so and now I've actually combined the sales team because I think that we can actually do better like together you anyways. About productivity. That was my idea. I know. But in that actually smart. That, that actually saves me time mm-hmm. as well as I think it's more productive for everybody and they, they can learn together. One of them has a question, they all get to hear the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um so looking for those those ways to say like I want to be the best that I can be and I can't do it if I'm spending, you know, way too long on on this when I can really shorten it up to be 30 minutes or whatever. Right. Whatever it may be. And then the last, last but not least. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I gotta read it. You don't know what it is. Nap, I, I do know nap what it time. is. Um, nap time. It's nap time. Nap time is. So we've gone through the never first, time. We've gone through the first four. Uh huh. Do you want me to recap? Recap all. Four, recap the four. Okay. Number one. Treat it like a business. Number two. Sticking to the time blocks. Number three. Don't be attached to the outcome. Number four. Just good as the enemy of great. Right. And number five. So after you figure those things and, right. and the switches have gone off in your head on each one of those and go, oh, I see. Oh, so so let me say. So you have a business you're running and you're doing the activities you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do them. And you're not worried about one particular thing derailing your day. And you're looking for ways to be your best. You're not allowing your good success to get in the way of your best and greatest. Then the last and final thing is to simply not quit. Just don't quit. Yeah. And I really think that we said it actually at the beginning and I accidentally said it, but I sat there and said, like, I don't think that I want to do anything else with my life. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't want to go out and look for another job. I like this thing. I just have to figure out how to make it work. And so I'm going, we're going to move and we're going to get this office space and we're going to move towards this. And basically just by saying like, I don't want to quit, even though it's hard. And the first year in for, for my business, you're committed. Once you make the commitment that that's it, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. I do think though, then all those, those first four, things if you can make it through the first two years three kayla's putting kayla's up three kayla says three what who says three i do oh okay. i think she's right i think three might be right is once yeah. you're three you're in because th- the first one doesn't even count yeah really unless you're on unless you're on a team because it's a little it's more accelerated yeah and stuff maybe two depending on who you are but if you a single agent th- three years yeah, I think that's true. And that might sound crazy, but think about it like this. If you're opening up a restaurant, uh, what's your likelihood to close within the first year? It's like 90%. I actually think that's what real estate probably is too. But my point with that was just that if you're opening up any business, there is a risk that it might not work. Mm. But I think you can truly say for real estate, if you do these things mm. and you stick with it for at least two or three years, you will have a real estate business and a career. Yeah. Like if you just don't quit, I've seen so many people get into this business all excited and gung ho well, and quit so within like a few months. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it just wasn't for them or maybe they just didn't realize that like, you, like things take time and you can't, you can't just expect stuff to happen overnight. 
But if you just go in with the acceptance that I'm not going to quit, like this is what I'm doing now for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I think that, like I said, that overreaching kind of idea of coming to the that realization, and I don't necessarily mean the just don't quit thing. That when I say overreaching, it's like that should be in your head when you're doing number one on the list, right? And number two and number three and number four is like, that is just, you have to, that switch needs to go off to say we're at some point there where you're saying, this is going to be what I'm going to do. And, and once you've committed to that wholeheartedly, those numbers one through four become easier to do because you're not, fighting with your an internal monologue you know and I also I'll say and Pat knows this like I'll still have days where I'm like I'm over it I'm gonna open up indeed and see I'm gonna what look jobs for a job. I'm qualified for <laughs> and then I'm like none no I'm qualified for stuff but none of it pays none of it pays <laughs> <laughs> um but I do every now and then you have those times where it's just like, oh, my gosh, like something else would be so much easier. And um, and the reality is, though, is that um, I, I have never quit so far and I won't quit because every time I do, I look as a joke and I look and I'm like, well, these all sound terrible. I'll yeah. just keep doing what I'm doing. They're and, just ter- terrible in a different way. And and as long as I'm doing the other things, we will continue to grow and and succeed yeah and be even better next year and the year after that unless yeah. we do something really stupid and it's good for it's good for you know that what we're talking about like you in particular as our as the as the control group here but it, it does um apply to buyers agents tcs admins um um ISAs, if you have them, it, it really applies. And it actually it applies. It, it applies to every, I know my voice cracked. <laughs> it applies to every business, any business that you were, this isn't just real estate. This is really any business, any career yeah. you want. These things are, all of these things are important, right? It does. If you were going to create a, a, a towing business, your own tow truck company, you'd still follow all of these steps. Yeah. And all of these things, you know, I, I would assume. Uh, I would think so too. Let me see about don't be attached to the outcome. Um, yeah, is that? I mean, I I, I, I guess I you still have to go out and get gigs. Yeah, like it's still a sales business. Every business is also a sales business to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about that, and I think MREA is like no matter what it is, you're you're whatever your profession is, and you're also a salesperson because you have to generate business. Yeah, and and that don't be attached to the outcome really plays into the sales side because it's so it can be very stressful to have to go out and create business. Mm-hmm. And that is where you have to not be attached to every single little piece of it. You just have to go out and get as much as you can get as much opportunity as you can so that you get enough to fill your pipeline and fill your pocketbook. <laughs> pocketbook. Pocketbook. <laughs> pocketbook. Whatever. You're so young, Catherine. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the West. Okay, questions from the web. So the question is, are buyer consultations necessary? 
I typically just explain the process over the phone. I then show people houses. At first, I wasn't always trying to get people to sign buyer agreements, but now I want to start. The reason that I didn't do it before was because I had a lot of free time, but now I'm working with several buyers. What are your thoughts on buyer consultations? I don't go to the office much and would prefer if I can just tell them over the phone that I have people sign the buyer's agreement after showing a house. Could this work? And yes, I explain the process to people. I just don't like bringing people to the office. And oftentimes it seems pointless when they're wanting to see houses. Interesting. Consults, yes. End of story. Goodbye. <laughs> um, th- this actually ties in kind of well, I think, because they're saying like, okay, they're getting busy, right? They're starting to get busy and they haven't been doing something that actually is an efficiency tool. Right. Um, they haven't been doing it because they were just kind of letting like whatever happened happen and they were just letting their day be run by everybody else who wanted to see houses. But now they're getting busy and they're looking for a tool or system to help them work with more buyers. It's like when you get a new buyer's agent and you have all of your systems in place of what they should need to do and how they need to do it. But all they have is one client and they're like, why do I have to do it like this? I, <laughs> I only got, And it's like, because eventually you're not going to have one client. You have to know how to do this yes. so that, you know what I mean? Yes. I stand by, so I, I I 100% stand by that you should do a buyer consultation. I don't think a phone call is is um as effective. Um and that that really comes down to like the language of sales and understanding that people's verbal communication is one part of interaction, but actual face-to-face um communication. Yeah. You want to know who the leader in the couple is that's sitting across that's that who's leading that and making who the decision Who's maker the decision is, maker is and that's ha- going to happen face to face. You lose so much in just talking to them on the phone. And then even if you do a Zoom consultation, it's really hard to put a pen down in front of somebody and say, sign this uh, when they're not physically sitting in front of you. And so I really stand by bringing people into the office. It's a it is excuse me. <laughs> It is a multiple tier process. Uh, It serves several purposes. One is to see if they're serious. So you're saving yourself time because if they're serious, they will come into the office. And and then when you're there, you're also going to really interact with them on a higher level and get to know them better and really see the dynamic if it's a couple. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to close for the appointment and make sure that it makes sense to continue showing them properties. Right. A phone call is not going to have the same amount of impact. It's and I just know, not. And I know what you do during your buyer consultations is once they tell you what they want, all of that gets put into the MLS and then you start shaving things off and it go and you show them the 30 houses that they want and then it starts to narrow down. So before they leave that buyer consultation, they know there's five houses to choose from. Well, because I, I so think it's, I, it's like you can't do. I mean, you you could do that over Zoom, but it's like getting them in the room. This idea of um, I don't like to go into the office. Well, get you better start liking getting into the office because that's part of the job unless you want to do this part time and have eight sales a year. If you want to have. 30 sales, 40 sales, 60, 70 sales a year as a single agent, if that's your goal, you better get used to going into the office. So I just looked this up because I wanted to have the correct stat. Right, Kayla? Right. (laughs) I love the office. I I know you do. She would live there. (laughs) I would. I know. We're going to get you a cot. (laughs) Please. Um, I wanted to look this up because I wanted it to be correct and- 65% 65% of the population are visual learners. Mm-hmm. That is why you sit down in front of them and show them like you can tell you could tell someone mm-hmm. 
but you like half the people over half the people aren't going to get it. You could tell them over the phone, "Hey, I'm online and I'm looking at your search and it looks like based on your criteria there's only seven houses." You could tell them that or you could show them that. Mm-hmm. And then 65% of the people that you're talking to are going to actually get it. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't get it. It would go right past me. If I told you instead yeah. of showed you. Oh, yeah. Easily. So, and, I, and the other thing, too, is like, uh, well, go on. Well, I was just, just saying that you're, you're like, I don't know. This isn't something that I just came up with yesterday or whatever. I just follow other people's, uh, what, what do successful people do? Mm-hmm. What do businesses do? They make you come in for consultations. And the so other- we go back to step number one on treat it like a business. Right. Businesses make you meet them for appointments. Yeah, that's how it works. That's this how it I, works. And, and, and there's a reason, right? It's like making them come into the office. It's like what she said at the end of this. Um, I don't like bringing people to the office. And sometimes, and oftentimes it seems pointless when all they want is to see houses. And it's like. Well, that's that, that's because they're telling you I don't want to come into the office. Right. That you need to learn an objection handler for that's that. That's an objection hand, handler for them to come in. And if you are giving them the objection handlers and they're saying no, 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 they're telling you who they are. And if you're doing your time blocking and your time management the way you're supposed to, do you want to go open the door for a, and show a bunch of houses to somebody that might just turn around and go buy a house with somebody else because they don't think they're working with you because they didn't come into the office? They're telling you these are a test. These are the making them do jump through these hoops shows you how motivated they are to buy the house. I just wish everyone if they're not motivated. What are you doing? I wish everyone in the real estate industry valued their time as much as other businesses do. Yeah. You know, like people, we had a hard time even getting someone to come do a quote for a stoop because it was too small of a job. Right. Yeah. So many people told us it's too small of a job. They were willing to forego money. Because it wasn't worth their time. Right. That's what we need to do in this business is realize that like if they won't come into the office, then it's probably, it sure could it be, yeah, yeah, you might get lucky here and Don't there. Don't be tied to the outcome. Don't be tied to the outcome. Follow a process to like a business and you will reap the rewards of consistency in your um, yeah, those, process. Those people, like I said, are telling you they're not going to follow any of the systems that you have. They're telling place. you they're not going to listen to anything. They're not going to listen say. to anything. Now- does that mean you can't sell them a house? No, you can sell them a house. You might and stuff, but this is a numbers game, right? It's like this, you, you want to focus on the ones that you know you can close in the time allotted and you wait until, you know, well, maybe you guys just aren't ready yet. Let me give you a call next week and then maybe you can come in or whatever the script is and stuff. You get them to do what you want them to do. And if they're not willing to do it, you move on and you find other people because you could run around for weeks with these people and them not buy anything. And then what do you got? Then you get to a point, the point of no return where you feel like, well, I've invested all this time. Now I have to keep doing it. Can I, can I tell you one more thing? Let me, I'm going to look something up real quick. Um, so I, uh, I have back issues, everyone. <laughs> I'm getting old. And um, I had gone and gotten a massage not that long ago to see if that would help with the issues, right? And I thought it did. And, but it's, you know, it's kind of expensive. And I also go to the chiropractor. And so I'm just like, I don't know if I want to go like weekly to get a massage or something. You know what I mean? Although that might be what's needed to keep my back straight. <laughs> Um, but anyway, somebody recommended these people to me, 
Um, and she's like, I've heard really good things, blah, blah, blah. You should check them out. So I went to their website and it says that they're booking five to six weeks in advance. Oh, and I was boy. like, what? <laughs> and so anyways, I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and reach out and see like if they have any 30 minute options. Because also I don't really like an hour long massage. It's too much. Too much for a conversation to happen. Well, <laughs> they don't really talk to you that much, but like yeah, it's but too that, much hands on. <laughs> Like somebody's hands on me for an hour. It's just a lot. Okay. <laughs> and he's into that. And and I just want my neck and upper back worked. And so I asked if they if they had, you know, a 30 minute session. I guarantee that they responded back and said no. Why? Because it's not worth it for them to book a 30 minute session with me and take up time when they could make more money booking an hour long session. Cause right. they can't, they just lost an hour if they fit me in for 30 minutes. Yeah, there isn't another 30 minute to put after you. So I haven't, I haven't looked to see if they responded yet, but I guarantee that the answer is no. I'll get back to you next week. <laughs> but I just wish that we valued ourselves the way that so many other people do. We would get further along if we yeah. did. Just quit running around for people that you're not working for. Yeah. Small win. Kayla, you got a small win today? Yes. So last night. Your tongue night, is totally blue. <laughs> it was delicious. I love blue raspberry Jolly Ranchers. Um, <clears throat> last night, I wanted Funfetti cupcakes. Mm. So I told Sean. And he looked at me and he said, well, go get them. <laughs> That's your small one. So I got them and I baked them and I made strawberry frosting for them. And I put sprinkles on them and I ate it. Oh, and then I went you to ate bed. the whole the whole batch? No, <laughs> almost. Sitting. No. I brought some to the office. So. Oh, darn. I missed out. The ones in the office enjoy the cupcakes. <laughs> Catherine, you got a small win? Small win. Um, well, I think um, I just feel like I'm having a really strong day today. So I'm going to use that. Just as your small win? Yeah, you got a Monday market report done. I got everything I said I was going to do. Good. And my small win is uh, I was in the... Uh, oh, that dog has a, has a cable. Don't chew on electric things. Come on, guys. We're almost finished here. <laughs> my small win is I uh, pulled my uh, golf clubs out of the closet. Oh, Ooh. yeah. And uh, they're still in my um, high school golf team bag. <laughs> and uh, I took them out and I pulled all the irons and I cleaned them all and got everything back up and I'm um, going to look into getting some shoes and a couple new woods and uh, getting back out on the golf course a little bit. That'll be fun. You're yeah. right here too. Yeah. That's kind of why because we walk the dogs every day and at the end of our street is a golf course, a small local like uh, public course that mm-hmm. we walk through with the dogs and I haven't played in years and years and years, but I grew up on a course and so kind of getting the the, the tingles. So. I said, I will watch you. Catherine can ride in the cart I'm next to me. not interested in playing. That's what I do. I bring my book. I read you, my book. You have, you have the bad back. I we don't, don't need I you don't swinging need to a golf swing. club. <laughs> okay. hey, hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com. You can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at Seek the Best Pod. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.